Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com Welcome back to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren. I am here in studio with our guest in-studio co-host today. Your name is Clarice Connolly. You're a coach, and what do you do? I empower women to find the resources within themselves to love and... I don't know what's happening. Talk into the microphone (laughs) and we'll be all right. All right. You empower women. How do people find you? Empoweringwomen.coach. I like the consistency there. Empowering women for the woman who empowers women. Great. Empoweringwomen.coach is where you'll find her. Uh, We just spoke with Ann Sugar, and I want to apologize because it was a great interview. We learned a lot. And then right at the end, there was some technical glitch. But the point she left us with is it's important to always keep learning, always keep reading, always keep whatever you do. What do you do for uh, learning and development? I know you're not much of a reader. You were just telling me. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I am a part of a women's empowerment house, and we do a lot of spiritual, like, introspective work and really kind of... Sounds woo-woo. It's kind of woo-woo, right? <laughs> it's a good way to, to yes, identify it, sure. Okay, but okay. and uh, this being springtime, you're doing a lot of rituals around yep. the spring mm-hmm. and the sort of the end of the winter and stuff, yep. although we know a lot of people are not experiencing the end of winter yet. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, anything you want to share with the class? Anything particularly valuable or deep that you're oh man i just think you have all the wisdom within and it's just a matter of like listening to your own truth and you know you can read all the books but really the most powerful medicine is is the wisdom that you have i was um i love that and i was uh dropping my kids off you know you got to drop kids off when you got kids that's all you do is you drop them off places and i was dropping them off at uh some lesson and so i was wandering around uh la jolla because we're fancy and the uh there was like a wine bar, right? And I thought, oh, I could go in and kill some time at the wine bar. And then right next door was a bookstore. And I'm like, ah, better companion at the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I went and picked up a copy of The Power of Myth, uh, Bill Moyer's conversation with Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, you know, I sat there for whatever, 20 minutes or 30 minutes with this book. So great. And so if you haven't picked that up in a while, pick it up because everything you need is right there. Um, let's talk about Speaking about behaviors, uh, our next guest is both a marketing specialist, but also a behavioral management specialist. He ran a behavioral management firm with 22 consultants and psychologists. He's run an ad agency, been an executive coach and a consultant. His clients include Fortune 500 companies, but also smaller firms, solopreneurs like that. He runs workshops on marketing, coaching, and consulting, including uh, workshops for the U.S. Small Business Administration. Did you ever go there, the SBA? No. Dude, you got to go. They have this SCORE program where you can meet with retired executives who will guide you. But um, a lot of them don't know about coaching. It was kind of entertaining when I went there 20 years ago to get advice about starting my coaching business. They're like, well, uh, do you have any questions about manufacturing? No, I did not. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we're delighted to welcome to our microphones for the first time. He's actually one of those people that reached out to us. So listen, if you're listening, reach out. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. He actually listened to one of our shows. So we have a listener, (laughs) as I've told you. That's (laughs) That's right. Um, Please welcome to our microphone for the first time, Jim Bond. Hello, sir. Hi, Christopher and Clarice. How are you? We're doing well. So good. Where do you find yourself today, (laughs) sir? Use Google Maps. Where are you? 
uh, in Thousand Oaks, California, a Los Angeles area. A beautiful place to be from. You don't sound I'm originally from Montreal, so... There we go. <laughs> you did it. You made it. You wonder why I moved to California? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Montreal's beautiful. I don't want to say anything negative about it. But. It also explains your kindness and your, and your slight <laughs> French, uh, French-Canadian tone there. Um, you've worked with uh, people in a lot of different roles and a lot of different types. I mean, just the, just the idea of running a business that has 22 consultants and psychologists, that's a lot of cat herding right there. <laughs> um, what, uh, yes. When you go into an organization, when you work with people who are in an organization, is there a place that you start? Is there a, is there a sort of a, a first thing that you like to address with these folks? Yeah, it's... Um, so... <laughs> Everything revolves around the organization, okay? So when you go into an organization, we would ask basic questions about the company first, and then we would get into the individuals and how they fit together. Because it isn't, you know, um, we're taught, uh, I think Stephen Covey said it, you know, dependence and independence, but not interdependence. And so what happens, and to me, I've always been fascinated by how people fit together, because Egos. I heard this uh, early on, and it said that uh, um, we the scariest thing that you'll ever ask a manager is uh, where they have to answer the question, "I don't know," mm-hmm. and it's uh, terrifying. And I had to model as a facilitator, you know, saying, "I don't know," and then asking the group. And getting them comfortable with saying, I don't know, because we reach a point where if we're tackling something beyond our comfort zone, and it could be, you know, it could be a delegation, for example, okay. you know, I, and so on paper, it looks really good. You go to a training class and whatever else and it tells you how to delegate, delegate, delegate everything else. We had this lady who was um, uh, the head nurse of a, of a major hospital in Southern California, and uh, it turns out that she was um, you know, really troubled. She had uh, an abusive husband who would, uh, uh, you know, was really a problem there. She had her mom was uh, dementia. Uh, she had a son who was uh, had uh, autism. Wow. She was dealing with that. Plus, she was going to school for her MBA. Wow. And so oh, she and so she wouldn't delegate in in a large part because she was so overwhelmed. She felt her people were overwhelmed too. Right. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is. You know, when we finally got her to start delegating to her second in command, her second in command, this other lady said, you know, I've been waiting for you to delegate to me. And she said, really? I thought you'd be overwhelmed. She said, no, I see how much stress and pressure you're under. And yeah, exactly. And, and she said, also, look at the positives because it gives me, you know, it's, uh, it's better on my resume you know, because I'm taking on more responsibilities. And, but, you know, so you, you can take a person through – you know, all kinds of training. Let's take delegation because I'm talking about that. And it sounds really good, but when they actually have to implement it, we're faced with our own demons and our own artificial uh, barriers and, uh, and the voices inside our head. I love that. My, my own experience is that I used, to, I used to have my clients, my big deal, you know, executive clients, uh, put a piece of paper on their desk that was inviolate, like they couldn't move it, they couldn't do anything but write on it. And it was uh, things I don't, that somebody else could do, right? And so it was an idea to get them to write down what they could delegate. And they were very bad at it, right? Not unlike your, your uh, nursing woman, uh, you know, it's hard for people to see what they can delegate. So then I moved it to the assistant or a, or a coworker or something, right? Have your coworker or your colleague or your assistant write down things that you do that 
other people could do. And they would get these reams of like notes and, you know, lists of things that they were doing that someone else could do. I know in my own organization, I, I made a, a decision when I started that I would send a birthday card, a, a personal handwritten birthday card to everyone that did business with me, vendors, mm-hmm. colleagues, referral sources, as well as clients, right? You can imagine now 20 years later, how many how much of my time is spent writing birthday cards? It's about half an hour a day. It's ridiculous, right? What's, um, what's an example of something that you've had people delegate or a place that you've started when you've worked with someone about delegation? Do you have any tips like any of those things? Yeah. it's So our process revolved around a, a company goal or a division or a group goal, Okay. And so we had like, I don't know, I had a partner who was involved in hospitals. So we ended up doing a bunch of hospitals. So we've done lots of other, you know, other types of companies. So we had this hospital in Bullhead City, Arizona, that's, and Bullhead City is in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And so they tend to I mean, to we get love doc- it, but it's nowhere. You're no, it's, it's awesome. But <laughs> we te- they tend to get doctors that, you know, applied to all these other places and they couldn't get in. So they end up being there. And many of the doctors weren't happy. And so they took out a lot of their stress and and unhappiness on the nurses. Mm. And so we had two facilities uh, down the street from each other uh, that were part of the same hospital chain. Uh, One is the hospital and the other is a a long-term care uh, facility. And so the head nurse uh, hated – she took the the fight that she had with doctors trying to protect her nurses from uh, abusive doctors and she took that – to the head, to the long-term care facility. And so what we did is by giving them a group project, there are two pieces that we focus on. One is, so we give them a group project that everybody's focusing on, but everybody has their own piece. The second one is we would introduce personal goals as well as business goals. So every week, we, we had them for multi-weeks, so that was really great. We can actually work on changing behavior. So we'd have everybody talk about a bit, something that they're going to tackle this week from a business standpoint, something specific, and then something from a personal standpoint. And it's neat that when you have somebody sitting next to e- people sitting next to each other who don't like each other and suddenly they start hearing about these personal things that are going on, you know, I'm having trouble with my daughter and I think I need to spend more time with her because I'm not connecting with her. And so this week I'm going to try to, you know, take her on a date, you know, where we're going to go, just the two of us will go out and we'll have dinner and, and we can, and I'll just chat without giving her advice because mm. I always give her advice. You know, it's one of the things he said. And uh, when she, when the nurse started hearing these personal things, she started giving him advice and, and kind of got a window in into his world. And he wasn't this villain anymore. Mm-hmm. He started to become more human, three-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And they became really best friends. You know, funny enough, I was facilitating and I became the enemy. <laughs> Is that they, how that works? Say, say transference, they say. <laughs> but, but it, you know, I started to get mad at you right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. <laughs> and he's such a nice guy from Montreal. How could you do that? <laughs> do you want to tease him about his name or you want to talk about the one client break? Okay. I, yeah. No, it's so funny because I love the like dynamic of it. You're clearly the CEO and, and so all the CEO questions and I'm over here like, can we just get to the one client breakthrough right. already? <laughs> um, so I'm very curious. Like, what is the one client breakthrough? And tell us about it. So, I like the idea of it. Early on, I, I, I invented a management process. You know, I invented a management process, and the second company I ever applied it to was a construction company hmm. in uh, Glendale, California. And it was three partners who, after 10 years, had reached $2 million of sales. Wow. And in one year, I took them 
to 10 million. They went from two to 10 million in sales. In fact, they would razz me all the time because the, the joke was it was supposed to be 12 million that I took them to. They all, <laughs> they all bought brand new, the most expensive BMWs for each other, and they were rolling it though. Two years later, uh, they reached with a system and, and the structure I helped them, I, I built for them, uh, 32 million in sales. So I took them from two to 32 million in sales, and I loved them. They were awesome as a client. But they got to be rich and massively successful from the work I did, and I got like my few bucks. I mean, I, I, I'm not complaining of how much I got paid, but it just, it felt, it didn't feel fair. And so that was fine, you know, going on. It's like, hey, if I'm helping them, I, you know, like I'm out of a job after I help them, and then they get richer, and I'm like stuck. And that's not about being rich, but it's about, you know, this the result. Several years later, I had a client I was working with, and uh, uh, he was a distributor of electronic parts to, like, the car industry, although he had Best Buy as a client. But he had, you know, like, uh, car repair shops and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I found, and I said, and he said, because he got a lot of his products from China, I said, why don't you just go to, like, uh, Caltech, because it's just down the street from us. Uh, really smart people are there, and why don't we just see if they have some really good products that maybe we can distribute. And I found this incredible um, camera, smart camera product. It's, mm. They use it now in uh, today in uh, stadiums they, to uh, identify faces of terrorists and stuff oh. like that. Wow, it's amazing! And and they also do it. Uh, they use it's one of the key cameras on uh, the uh, self-driving cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, but back then it was like brand new, and so I brought it to him, and he said uh, he and he stalled. I, I sat with the guys and, uh, who invented the camera. And I said. We have distribution, and would you give it to us? And they give us exclusive distribution for no money because they wanted to get distributed. And the owner of the company never took it. He, the, his head of operations and I were like frustrated. So we have this. All you have to do is sign it, and you'll have this product, and we can feed it. Right. And he said, I'm scared. It's too big. It's like, you know, it could be. And I said, it's easy. You're just going to feed it through your distributors. I mean, this is not a complicated thing. But he just had this image in his mind that suddenly – you know, with a, as a smaller company, I'm in the shadows, and I'm not. A, you know, the big companies aren't going to see me. But if I have a product like this, you know, it's scary. And so, what happened is, six months later, General Electric bought the company, block, stock, and barrel, and paid almost 100 million dollars. Wow! And I was like, whoa, we had, we could have owned this or owned a piece of this, and then, and I, you know, and it troubled me, and also because of my, also because of my behavioral management thing. It's like, what was it that stopped him from doing this? But later I started asking myself, what is it that stopped me from being the broker? You know, like saying, well, right. I'll bring the company. I'll bring it to your company. We'll feed it through distribution because I know how to do this. you got all your guys there. It's not complicated, but I'll do it and I'll own a piece of it and then, you know, do it that way. And so it's that, that thinking that later, you know, many years later, many actually a decade later, I'm really old. Um, it, I, I was working with a, a supplement company and um, he said – and I, I came up with this idea, and I said, you're selling to distributors. Why don't you you know, set up a website? A lot of people fall through the cracks. You have an amazing product. Why don't we set up uh, a website that just sells to consumers? And he said, well, I don't really want to do it because I don't want to compete with my, uh, my distributors. And I said, no, well, we can set it up so it's not a problem. He said, I don't want to do it. Wow. And I th- thought about it. And I said, well, why not? would you let me do it? And he said, yeah, sure, if you want to. He said, you know, just you know, show me what you're doing. I said, I'll show you every step of the way. And so I did it, and for six months, because it was a little out of my comfort zone, I made no money, nothing happened, but I was working with the client. Then I hired a coach. First one was terrible, and nothing happened, but I hired oh, a I second worked, coach. Oh, I worked with that guy, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> we all know. Right. And then I heard a second one, and suddenly money started coming. And I remember we were charging our, uh, we were doing, uh, you know, pay-per-click advertising. You know, it's like online advertising and marketing seems so easy from all the courses. And I mm-hmm. took all the courses and everything until you try to do it. And suddenly you realize, wow, this is harder than I thought. But the coach was fabulous. And then we were charging on our, our uh, American Express credit card. And suddenly I remember looking at it and saying, wow. I called my wife and I said, American Express just charged our card a thousand bucks. And she said, well, stop it. And I said, well, wait a second, wait a second. Look, we made this eight, nine, ten. We just made $15,000. Hold on, I'll call you back. You know, and I'm looking at the numbers. <laughs> and it starts making money. And soon it's, you know, making 5000 10000 20000 50000 100000 It starts making more money than I was making as a coach. And I'm thinking, you know, I had a, a Wayne's World moment. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. Am I allowed to do this? Is this legal? I mean, I know it is. I had permission and everything was by the, you know, mm-hmm. by a kosher. But I start to make you know, 150, 200, 300,000. And then I passed into seven figures for the first time in my life that I made this. And I'm like, I'm making, like, I'm a millionaire. Like, is this allowed? And, you know, looking at my bank account because of the work that I was doing. Now, I had the rights for a few years and then I lost the rights to the whole thing that went on there. Mm-hmm. But it made me realize, you know, as a coach, I'm sitting on tremendous opportunities to, if I'm willing to slightly step out of my comfort zone, I'm sitting on tremendous opportunities to become massively wealthy and not just for greed purposes. You know, I mean, people say wealth, well, you know, you want to be rich, that's greedy, that's not good. But I mean, hey, Oprah gets to help a lot more people than I get to help. And I work as a coach uh, for a small business administration. I do lots of volunteer work. And helping people, and I get to do that. I have the. I started the Father Daughter Project, uh, founded the Father Daughter Project, and wrote a book, The Secret Life of Fathers, because I can do that because I have the time and I have the money, and so, um, it, you know, money gives us freedom. But I, as I start coaching other people, I realize, you know, so many of us are sitting on tremendous opportunities as coaches if we're willing to step just slightly out of our comfort zone. Um, but we don't take advantage of it without getting a kick in the behind. And so it's great because as a coach, I coach uh, entrepreneurs uh, and coaches, mostly coaches, um, to uh, to step outside their comfort zone, to start looking at the opportunities. You know, and I see there are three basic types of opportunities. The first one is you boost your client's income and then you get a percentage of it. The second one is you leverage your client. Um, and I'll give you an example of how I did that, but you leverage your clients. Like they've got something that somebody else wants. that's amazing. Uh, the, the camera company was a good example of that, by the way, because this company had distribution so I can get the rights to a product. Um, and then the third one is you do something that your client wants, but isn't willing to do themselves. And so I have this, uh, so I had one, uh, company I was working with. I was going to get them as a client, but they didn't want to pay my fee. And then that was okay. But I chatted with them, and it's like these two guys that are really brainiacs, uh, and they developed this. Um, they work for uh, Boeing, and they developed software. Uh, they developed uh, targeting systems for the simulators they have, you know, the plane simulators. Mm-hmm. And so they have two clients. They have Boeing as a client, and they have Disney as a client because Disney uses it in their theme parks. It's really cool. And so they were telling me that they were they – were, afraid that one day they'll lose one of those clients and their income will tumble and all that stuff. They have one, you know, have two client dependency and all that. 
And so instead of getting a client firm, I said, well, again, we're down the street from uh, Caltech. Why don't we go there and get somebody who's really smart and see if they have something, you know. Actually, no. I, I said, robotics is really hot, and I bet they have somebody who's into robotics, and you're targeting systems. You think they would work for robotics? And they both of them went like, oh, yeah, this would be amazing. They don't, this is so far beyond what most people are doing. I said, well, let's put you together with somebody who's really smart there who's involved in robotics. Well, you know, they said, that's a great idea. Well, anyway, I contacted them a few weeks later, and they hadn't moved off the dime. Again, it's because it's uncomfortable to do that because it's different from what they've ever done. So I said, how about if I do that? If I bring you guys together, the two of you guys, and if you do a deal and I'll own 20, we'll maybe create a new company and I'll own 20% of the company. And they said, sure, that's great. You know, if you're willing to do that, absolutely. And so I went there and found this guy who's, you know, you ask the professors and stuff and everybody's glad to help you. Right. And I found the smartest person in robotics and they had really cool stuff. And I introduced them to these guys and suddenly they were like a marriage made in heaven. They were in love with each other. And uh, so they formed a company and we were recently offered uh, $85 million for the company, which my 20% is like, wow, more money than I ever made. You're going to do just fine. Let's, uh, this is part of what I wanted to talk to you about because there are a couple of things here that are, that are good takeaways, but also some dangers or uh, ethical issues here for coaches. Mm-hmm. So I want to, yes. I want to address both of those. The, the first thing is, uh, so you've written a book, The One Client Breakthrough, and you, people mm-hmm. can find it by going to one is all you need. Spell out the letter one. O-N-E is all you need dot com to get more information about the one client breakthrough. I love this because, for example, um, one of my mentors is just working with another organization and he says, you know, this organization is chasing the wrong business. They've got uh, an installation of their product at Microsoft. And he said the smartest business move they could do is focus all their intention, all their resources, all their um, time and energy on Microsoft and in this partnership. But they're going around and they're still chasing, you know, other organizations and trying to find new sales and new, um, what do you call it, new logos or trademarks to bring into their organization. He said, this is a mistake. And I think it's a mistake a lot of businesses are making where what you want to do is focus on the one big client and not be chasing more business, you know, or whatever's right around the next corner. Agree, disagree? Do you have a different view? Absolutely. Well, so someone told me, but you don't want one client, um, you don't want one client um, dependence because it's vulnerable. But my attitude is, but if you make enough money, right. then, you know, I mean, right. I had my uh, supplement and I, we had it for a few years. I made, you know, millions of dollars off it. Right. You know, so it Let's, broke up after and it was really sad, but we had, but it's got to be win-win. This is the, it's got to be win-win. This is not about you getting, you know, it's not the zero-sum game. And, and I'm so sorry, Jim, to interrupt you, but I got to make this point before we run out of time, which is that there are clear ethical issues involved here. And so, for example, the mm-hmm. first type of opportunity you talk about where you as a coach, as a consultant, it's a different deal, but as a coach, you cannot actually be in business with or uh, arrange your fee on a percentage of your client's profits and still be in integrity with the ethical guidelines of the International Coach Federation, for example. Mm -hmm. So I think the points about leverage, the points about bringing in outside ideas and views to your client, you know, your client may choose to or you may choose to change your fee structure with them. But I want to make sure that coaches listening know that there is a clear ethical boundary around that. And while it's worked for you and you've been able to do it, it's also true that your sort of a client... A, a coach, but also a consultant. You bring a lot of expertise and experience into your work. Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yes. And also, sometimes it'll be, I believe that you should not charge a full fee to a client 
um, if you're going to do the percentage piece. But we can also think like business, like entrepreneurs and say, hey, look, you don't want to spend my full fee, but I think I can really help you and be tremendously valuable. I mean, right. I, I draw the line. If you're if you're hired as a coach, you've got to do the coaching. You, you, you establish your fee and everything else. But there are situations where a client's going to say, you know, you know, you can really help them and maybe you'll do it for free or for a minimal amount just to, so they have skin in the game uh, and uh, you'll work a deal with them. Okay. We're down to our last half minute and uh, <laughs> it's been great talking to you. Thank you for bringing this. Once again, the website is one one is all you need.com. You can get that. You're generous and giving away a free book. So we'll give that to the seventh person to email producer at thecoachingshow.com. And is there something you'd like to say in 15 or 20 seconds as a parting thought or a parting shot today, Jim? Yeah, it's having, uh, this is win-win. Okay. And we as coaches need to understand the behavioral, uh, you know, the limitations that we have ourselves. And so I just invite everybody to take a look at this book and just read through it and see if you if it starts triggering ideas in your mind where you can, you know, you can just help somebody else and make a difference. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I also think mastermind groups are great for that. I love getting mm-hmm. together with coaches because you can support other coaches in their business. All right. Uh, once again, One Client Breakthrough is the book. The website is one. O-N-E is all you need. And thanks for being so with us, Jim. Thank you for reaching Bye. out. Yeah, and joining us. That's Clarice Connolly. You can find her at empoweringwomen.coach. I'm Christopher McAuliffe, ChristopherMcAuliffe.com, and this is The Coaching Show. We'll talk to you next week. Nowadays, Internet devices are an integral part of your home. Everyone in your family has a smartphone, tablet, or a computer. Life is easier knowing that all your devices are secured and your family can surf the Internet carefree. ESET Multi-Device Security Pack does just that. One license for all your devices. With ESET, it's simple to stay protected and save money. Enjoy safer technology with ESET Multi-Device Security Pack at ESET.com. That's E-S-E-T dot com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Hi, Scale Listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and to encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. Scale will help you work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, visit us online at scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Cybersecurity is the fastest growing job sector. 
The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge encourages kids to consider computer security as an interesting course of study and a valuable career path. Securing our eCity helps lead this youth competition to create interest and awareness among students and their schools. The SoCal Cyber Cup Challenge. Learn more at securingourecity.org or call 619-630-2444. Do you love wine, but it doesn't love you back in the morning? Then it's time to try Alcotox, the ultimate hangover cure. Alcotox is a dietary supplement that reduces the harmful side effects of alcohol and it benefits all alcohol consumers, not just those who occasionally overindulge. So now, for less than the cost of a drink, you can wake up hangover-free. To learn more, go to vinvillage.com and let Alcotox make hangovers a thing of the past. <laughs> 